Hello and welcome back for another podcast episode of Acida Magazine. My name is Emre Schentürk and today I'm going to talk about Donald Trump. So let's get started. Donald Trump is certainly a magnet of attention, yeah? not only as a businessman for the last couple of decades, but also as a politician for his one year, uh, one year term in the United States and also beyond that. Lots of controversies, um, split opinions on his uh, persona, but also his yeah, policy making, basically. He is a polarizing figure, uh, or at least media made him. Uh, a polarizing figure. I don't think that he has yeah character traits that make him polarizing or kind of uh, special in yeah in any sense. But in the end, he became a very polarizing figure through yeah, different media campaigns, positive and negative. On the one hand, the proponents of Donald Trump praise him for his direct approach to politics. Um, famously when he called out Hillary Clinton in front of everybody saying that he is actually enjoying the same tax breaks as her donors and this is why she wouldn't change the tax code which I think is yeah, a pretty valid ar argument and also a very genuine approach to how things are working um, very transparent on the other hand his stance towards minority groups um, as well as immigration uh, policies Foreign policy, um, another important factor, although I have to say his foreign policy is actually his foreign policy record was outstanding. Uh, he ended basically three wars and yeah, saved the United States a lot of money with ending those conflicts. Um, as well as when he left, there was some sort of political um, vacuum in the international sphere. But we'll come to that later. You know, this, um, you just try to finish the introduction but he was he's a very co um, controversial character for many people and for media he attracts media attention and last thursday he was indicted as uh, yeah, the first former president of the usa who is going to face criminal um, prosecution in this country so it is a very interesting development because they try to uh, prosecute him for various reasons you know this might be um, minority rights related aspects but also when when he left office and his supporters stormed um, the parliament and so and so on and so forth afterwards they wanted to attach some sort of uh, russians uh, backing his election and i think there was also some kind of um, yeah documentation thingy going on where they try to um, yeah prosecute him uh, legally but now he's facing criminal charges nobody knows exactly why we will find out on tuesday actually because um, that is when he's going to appear um, at court so very interesting uh, what is going to happen af uh, afterwards and how this is going to um, uh, where this is going to lead us but in this analysis or in this episode, I want to talk about why this development actually doesn't mean anything. It is predict it, it was predictable and nothing is going to come out of it and nothing meaningful in the end. 
And even if it does, the reaction towards it is not going to be very meaningful. I think this is a calculated action by the opposition and finally they uh, kind of got him. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's going to face Jayatan, but I don't think so. And I think this is just a huge media stunt in order to, to harm him and prevent his next presidency. Because um, as things stand right now in the United States, it is going to be very difficult for the Democrats to have a meaningful uh, character running uh, for, this, for this position. So how do I come to this assessment? It is the approach that I always had with all my political analyses. Whenever I analyze, uh, analyze a political event, a phenomenon, a development, whatever, I first obviously look at the actors involved and then what the, um, what the goals, yeah, the most obvious goals of those actors could be. And then I look at the underlying goals of those, of those actors. And obviously, in this case, we have um, Donald Trump and his opposition and also his supporters. So we have basically three actors or let's say two actors. And um, I mean, if we don't want to split um, Donald Trump and his supporters and uh, just kind of unify them as seeing them as one actor and on the other side, the opposition, the Democratic Party. We have those two, we have those two actors. And now we have to look at the different objectives that try to uh, try to achieve. As we have seen in the last couple of years uh, during the presidency of Joe Biden, there has been a growing dissatisfaction obviously with the Republicans as they saw a power vacuum emerging in the United States, um, not only globally but also internally, domestically, because there we could see that the stock market plummeted uh, in the last uh, yeah, one and a half years, the economy um, stagnated. Also, fiscal policy was not very successful. Janet Yellen, the um, yeah finance minister of the USA, actually made a great uh, grave mistake by putting too much value on yeah full full employment and kind of leaving the inflation aspect a bit in the periphery also a move that was actually predictable because she has a track record back from the 90s um, that is kind of inflation friendly and finally she was able to implement this under the regime of, uh, of Joe Biden. So there has been a kind of a power vacuum but to kind of also and if we want to extend it and look at the societal developments with all this um, kind of spe uh, sexual preference uh, movements that are kind of developing in the United States at a rapid rate um, with all sorts of uh, different um, yeah, personal romantic or erotic orientations that kind of um, emerged there and um, being promoted by the, by the liberal um, government. There has been kind of a vacuum and in order to counter that, the Republican Party does not have a very strong or successful um, candidate. The one they can always go back to is Donald Trump. He was very popular because he was very unorthodox with a lot of things that he did. Not necessarily a great politician, but um, he certainly approached politics with some sort of uh, a business lens. And as I just mentioned, he ended three wars, not because he's such a pacifist, but rather he sees it from a business perspective and says blood is 
expensive, you know. Um, he also has a very fair stance, to be honest, and he's not pulling um, the United States out of criticism. At various points, he also said that American presidents were very bloody and uh, waged wars all over the world. They're not so innocent, um, if, if I um, have to quote him in the end. Um, as I said, not very uh, skilled politician, but very charismatic with these kind of populist um, argumentations. And, you know, populism, as you um, might have noticed, is something that always works with the masses. So if this is the objective of the Republican Party. They saw that certain things after Donald Trump didn't go so well for the USA, um, actually put the, the country into a socio-economic recession. And this was the exact opposite when Donald Trump was president, so they have a very strong case to put him um, or to kind of uh, propose him as next candidate um, for presidency, right? So this is a very clear objective by the Republican Party. On the other hand, obviously, the Democratic Party doesn't want that. They don't want Donald Trump back. Um, they don't want to kind of lose the power that they gained um, after this one term of, yeah, uh, as president of the USA. But in this special case, it is not just about not wanting the opposition to gain power. The problem with Donald Trump is that this person, and he, he already said it, and uh, I mean, it is always very difficult to kind of lean on statements that politicians made and uh, yeah, fully trust them because there's always kind of an interest or an underlying motive behind that. But in this case, it is quite clear he doesn't need any money. He doesn't need any money. He, he's uh, not something who's reliant on other people's money in order to have a standing in the elitist uh, or... Um, oligarchic order of the United States uh, political system. And this is very dangerous because you have a fragile balance of people who are dependent on uh, yeah, money. As we can see, for example, Janet Yellen, she is yeah, a very well-paid uh, speaker of many hedge funds in the United States. And obviously Hillary Clinton, being a politician all her life, can yeah, easily in a $50,000 Armani suit, uh, talk to people about inequality, which she kind of, yeah, if, you, if you're a politician, you should not be really uh, able to, to finance those kind of uh, luxurious goods. And obviously, this is all money that comes from interest groups. Um, they're very big donors, uh, donors behind those politicians. And this is not just for the Democratic Party, but also for the Republican Party. They want to support them because when you have the money, you also get kind of uh, not only the confidence and the tools to kind of move things around, but also you get a policy direction because you know where this money is coming from, you got to make them happy because the money needs to, needs to flow. Uh, it needs to keep coming. It needs to keep coming. And therefore, Donald Trump is kind of, he's also a reliability for the Republican Party, to be honest. It's not like he's a very, uh, yeah, safe, uh, safe guy for the Republicans either. Because he's so independent, they're not very happy with him too, but he has a 
great track record of four years uh, efficient uh, policy making in most in most terms um, and now yeah he's the only option or only uh, viable option for the Republican Party to um, to put in place for the next um, election and the Democrats know that they know that and because he has such an advantage over all the other candidates in the cadre of um, the Democratic uh, Party, they need to pull Donald Trump out of the um, yeah out of this whole situation before that he can um, run for presidency the next time. And this is the most obvious goal that they um, achieve or, or want to achieve. And this is why they always try to uh, prosecute him. They always try to put him in jail for various uh, things. And now. Although we don't know exactly what he is charged, he's being uh, he's uh, being charged for. The problem is that he is most likely going to be charged because of hush um, uh, payments to certain people he had a, a romantic relationship with while he was married. Obviously, this is something they always yeah put in um, into those discussions. But this is a very, very, very weak point, and on the other hand, a very strong point for Donald Trump. Why is that so? There were times, obviously, maybe a hundred years ago or so, where loyalty towards the partner was valued greatly. Uh, obviously, it is also still valued in, in many countries, um, but not so much in the United States of America, at least what we know from all the cultural goods that this country is exporting to the world. I mean, in a country where all the erotic orientations become so overwhelming, where um, yeah, uh, polygamy is um, basically yeah, a common state of, of having uh, affairs with, with, with people, it is very hard to argue that having an affair while being married as a president is going to be harmful in this situation, yeah, is going to damage your reputation. And then paying hush money to those people, you know, who are uh, who were involved in this situation. I mean, this is not a very strong case in the in contemporary socioeconomic uh, or sociocultural environment that we are in or that the Americans are in. So it begs the question, yeah, is this just a media stunt or not? I think yes, it is, uh, because if that is really the basis on which he's going to face those charges, it is going to be uh, very difficult for him to, uh, yeah, to kind of uh, to put him uh, in jail, but also to keep him there, because today there are far worse things that are happening and that are culturally and socially. Uh, inaccept became unacceptable than these things. Not to say that this is right. Obviously, it is not. And as I said, in many countries, it still remains um, a very bad thing to kind of uh, break this uh, loyalty bond to your partner. Obviously, but not in the United States. Nobody is going to believe that. And then again, this triggers. And if this is a media stunt, you know what this triggers? This triggers the following. Those people who are against the indictment of Donald Trump, they're going to say, what about Bush? What about Clinton? What about Obama? What about, basically, I, I can basically name all the presidents of the United States um, and, and talk about why they weren't uh, facing criminal charges in their own country. All war criminals, all of them. 
and I make no exception because all of them were involved in in, in large scale war, uh, large scale wars, and obviously were responsible for millions of death uh, deaths in, in in the Middle East, Vietnam, Africa, Latin America. I mean, Latin America is still suffering from all the decisions that the United States made, yeah, um, decades ago. And this is where media actually wants us to go with these kind of discourses. Because once you start saying, okay, well, the reason why is appearing in front of court are not very, don't seem to be too bad. If he, I mean, like he cheated on uh, his ex-wife. And on the other side, we have yeah, uh, war criminals, basically. If we think about <laughs> all the things that happened in Guantanamo and Abu Ghraib and the whole Iraq uh, operation, seems off. But this is where media wants to get us, because once we start to talk about, but, well, George Bush did this, and he did this, and he did this, we are basically putting ourselves in a, in a situation where we are distracted from the real discourse. And the real discourse is, why are the power dynamics in this country so important to, to certain interest groups? I mean, Donald Trump was the one who had the economic situation uh, basically um, bringing it to another level. Yeah, He brought the whole stock market to another level during his presidency. Um, what is it that those interest groups, Yeah, what do they pursue basically? I mean, if these are multinational corporations who are pulling the strings, basically what all this, this popular conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theorists say, if these are multinational corporations, why don't they want Donald Trump back in presidency? Because he was the one who's, uh, who boosted um, the, the stock market. You see, therefore, and this is the next point of the political analysis, we looked at the most obvious objectives, but now we have to look at the underlying objectives. Because they want him out. The opposition wants Donald Trump out. All right, we got that. The Republicans want Donald Trump in. Okay, we got that. But if the underlying assumption is that Donald Trump is a bad president and is not serving the interests of businesses, even though he reduced uh, corporate tax and uh, made a lot of arrangements for the stock market to flourish. Then the donors who have, yeah, who are basically providing the Democratic Party with uh, with money, but also the Republican Party, they do not have material interests. Think about that. They do not have material interests. And then, if we think about the discourse that he cheated on his ex-wife, and he's facing uh, a prosecution because of that, this triggers a very yeah, illogical discussion between the proponents of Donald Trump and um, the opposition, right? And then basically you're opening a new discussion about why cheating is bad, while far worse things happening uh, are happening um, yeah, behind those walls. And what I mean by that is the following. As we all know, um, there was this human trafficker, Jeffrey Epstein, who basically provided all the elites in the United States, but also internationally, with uh, underage um, 
children and I don't want to go into the details but I mean they were happening um, very bad things you know um, rape and, 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 and everything and also Donald Trump had uh, contact with this uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein who yeah basically was, was the biggest uh, human trafficker in the world yeah, because he was providing the elitist circles with um, yeah, with children and then obviously he was and this is what they found out later before he died is um, that he was actually an agent of the Mossad and the Mossad actually wanted to um, do that in order to have yeah, kind of a blackmailing material against politicians and other um, elitist uh, people in, in the business world Donald Trump was part of it he is uh, not only a cheater, but far worse. Knowing that, and still putting him in, or trying to put him in jail for those reasons that they, um, yeah, for the hush money payments and so on and so forth, shows you that this is not the thing that we, um, that is actually going on between the opposition and Donald Trump, because he did far worse things. He cannot say that and he, they cannot uh, prosecute them for this because they did the same things and there's kind of this um, yeah, silent mutual understanding between those two parties not to talk about these things, obviously. Why do you think Jeffrey Epstein was, um, yeah, was basically uh, killed in prison? Obviously, yeah, he hung himself, but who believes this? And this is the point. Distraction some sort of yeah distracting story some some little things about uh, prosecution and what what not kind of hush money uh, case and then keep people busy with talking about these things while he did far worse things and this is how they want to uh, kind of um, put reputational pressure even more so on Donald Trump um, to prevent him to run run for president the next time right and therefore, my suggestion is not to, to listen to this case, not to pay too much attention on it, but also to look elsewhere what is happening um, in the world, but also in the United States. Because obviously, there is no, this is not an incident that they pick su such a soft case where it's very likely that he's not going to be put in jail for, um, where there's going to be a flourishing discussion about why don't, don't we uh, prosecute war criminals and this keeps people busy for a couple of weeks and this is a signal for you to look elsewhere for, very, for other important developments. I haven't found them, I haven't looked at them but in my, in my opinion this is just uh, a media operation to, to distract um, yeah, uh, the masses from, from what is really going on and um, because there's no logical ground um, to kind of put much energy and effort in dealing with this, this whole situation and following the news about what is going on. If he's going to be charged for something far worse than just cheating on his ex-wife, okay, then obviously there is some, some flesh to this whole story. I can understand that. But as things stand right now, I think this is just a poor operation to distract uh, both camps, not only the Democratic uh, camp, but also the Republican camp, 
um, from other developments that I still uh, or that I have yet to, to figure out what they are because he did far worse things. Um, other presidents did far worse things. It happens at a time where there's already um, a power vacuum yeah, from that, that is, has been created by Joe Biden and there's kind of an uncertainty of the Democratic Party if uh, whether they're going to be strong enough uh, in the upcoming elections. Um, it happens at a time where um, China bashing is <laughs> on an all-time high and um, it happens at a time where Israel is in turmoil, where Ukraine is in turmoil. It happens at a time where Europe is very weak and we're just exited or left uh, the, the corona pandemic times behind us. So it is a very fragile situation and it kind of um, adds to the anxiety or the popular anxiety that is already very prevalent um, across the globe, basically. You know, economic downturn and so on and so forth. So there must be something, a certain thing that... Um, those groups that kind of attack uh, Donald Trump now um, wants us not to look at. And obviously, if we enter the discussion into, oh, why didn't we prosecute uh, George Bush and Obama and so on and so forth, um, this keeps us too busy. Just leave it. I mean, this is all calculated. And in my opinion, media, media just wants you to talk about these things and uh, how unfair it is and why this and why that. Don't think about it. This is just a stunt. In a couple of months, we're not going to talk about it. Given that the charges are made on the grounds that I just said and uh, based on the speculations that are around. Very interesting development, nonetheless. Very interesting topic. Um, if you are from the USA... I would love to, to read your comments on this because uh, I'm talking from an outside perspective and obviously with limited information um, that I just kind of read from the news and, and do from uh, or get from my own research. So I'm very curious about what you're going to say. So uh, comment or write me an email, um, whatever would be great to enter into this discussion and uh, have this dialogue. So. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and um, I hope you stay away from this from this toxic media stunt and um, yeah even more so I hope to have you back for the next episode of Esido Podcast. My name is Emre Shantuk. Thank you for listening and until next time. Bye.